Welcome to the Kids Are People Too podcast. I'm your host, Salita Williams, wife, mom of three little people, educator by both passion and profession, child advocate, parent consultant, and an enthusiastic supporter of you on your positive parenting journey. If you've ever questioned if your parenting methods are effective, if you've ever wished that you had just a few more tools in your proverbial parenting toolbox, or felt like you needed a slight adjustment to your parenting style, or a major one, no judgment here, then you are definitely in the right place because this podcast was curated just for you. Now, this is not your typical parenting podcast. It's actually probably one of the most unconventional parenting podcasts out there. We are not spending our time talking about how to get your kids to eat their veggies. Here, we are doing much deeper dives. Of course, we're going to talk about how to get these kids together, but we'll do that by discussing the facts that surround child developmental psychology, as well as child cognitive development timelines so that we are better able to manage our expectations. We have conversations about how our own temperament, our own personality, and our own past experiences shape our approach to parenting and the significant impact that these things have on the way that our children respond to us. While this podcast has been created with parents in mind, it is not just for parents. This is for any adult that interacts with any little people in any capacity. Even if you don't yet have your own biological children, or if you're not yet experiencing any challenges with your children, you can still definitely benefit from having some extra tools in the toolbox that are ready when you need to grab them. So if you are ready to learn, to grow as a person and a parent, or to just be reassured in what you're already doing, then stick around as we jump into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome to episode six of the Kids Are People Too podcast. Today we are talking about a very taboo behavior, lying. So we'll talk about why kids lie, what it indicates in their cognitive development journey, and how should we and how should we not handle it when they lie. All right, let's get into today's episode. Let me first start by saying that everyone lies, okay? We tell lies all the time. I actually found an interesting study from years ago that found that about 60% of people lied at least once during a 10-minute conversation. And during that same conversation, most people told an average of about two to three lies. I mean, the tendency to lie is really just a part of our evolutionary history as humans. But let's talk about why kids lie. So kids lie for several different reasons. One reason that they lie is to avoid disappointment. Most of us really want our parents to be proud of us. And deep down inside, even if we refuse to admit it or if we've worked through some issues surrounding this, We really do care about how our parents see us and what they think of us. And this doesn't just start in adulthood when we want to show off our successes. Our kids really don't like the thought of disappointing us. 
And sometimes they'll lie to avoid it, even if there is no punishment or no negative consequence on the table. Sometimes they lie just to see what happens or to test out a new theory. As children start to gain this new ability to lie, sometimes they do it just to test out their new skill and they start experimenting and they can get really creative sometimes. This is when you get those great, fantastic lies that could not even possibly be true. They are really just testing to see what happens, to see how far things will go. Remember, their minds are still developing and their logic and their reasoning is just really not there until much later. So they're really just learning, testing things out and pushing boundaries to see how far they can go. They lie to boost their self-esteem by trying to make themselves look better or to look more cool for a certain reaction or to gain acceptance. This is especially true when we're talking about their friends or their peer groups, but sometimes they lie for this reason when it comes to the adults in their lives as well. Sometimes they really lie just because they honestly believe it. Not that they're delusional or that they are just such compulsive or pathological liars that they believe their own lies, but sometimes they just really misremember the facts. Sometimes what we think is a lie is actually them remembering something incorrectly. Another thing is really young children that are new to communicating using words may not completely understand the difference between a lie and the truth. And or they may not really understand that lying is a bad thing that they're not supposed to do. I can ask my two year old a question right now and she will look me dead in my eyes, lie and give me the biggest, cheesiest smile like she just says something wonderful. She won't really fully understand the concept until she's about three or four, which is why lying typically tends to peak between the ages of three and eight. Another reason kids lie is to protect the feelings of other people. Sometimes these are just white lies, which are usually somewhat socially acceptable, but then they also can tell more serious lies. Sometimes they're depressed. Sometimes they're being bullied. Sometimes they're being abused. Sometimes they're just going through a hard time or they're just experiencing some negative emotions and they don't want anyone to worry or they don't want anyone to get hurt in any way trying to defend them. These kids really take on a lot more emotional and mental baggage than we realize and sometimes they lie about it. Sometimes they lie just because they literally start speaking before they think and usually this manifests in one of two ways. So one is just that they don't even take enough time to remember correctly. I remember one time asking my daughter if she had done her homework and she said, yes, she jumped up, went to get it so I could check it. And then when she looked at it, she was like, oh, I forgot to do it. She wasn't intentionally trying to deceive me in that moment. It's just that we have a routine. Normally she comes home, she eats her snack, she does her homework, and then she goes about the rest of her day. 
And so that one particular day, she had done things in a different order. I think maybe we went somewhere. And so she's just so used to her normal routine that she actually thought she did it until she stopped to think or actually not even think until she stopped to go get it. And she realized that she didn't. Another way that you can see this is when they just impulsively respond without pausing in a way that is very clear and obvious that they didn't even think about what they were about to let come out of their mouths. And so a lot of times when this happens, the first thing that comes out might not be the truth. I have seen my daughter accuse my son of doing something. And before she could finish her sentence, he's like, no, I didn't. And then we both look at him and then he'll be like, oh, because he just impulsively went to defend himself that he didn't even think about the fact that you actually did do that. Just say sorry and move on. So that happens sometimes. Another reason that kids lie, especially in their younger years, is simply because they have learned the difference between right and wrong. Now they know when they've done something wrong, but in their very young, underdeveloped minds, they think that lying about it will erase what they did. And then the most common reason of all is to avoid punishment. This is likely to happen more often if the kids anticipate some type of harsh form of discipline, such as spanking or another really harsh punishment. Because I mean, honestly, we're human. Self-preservation is natural. It is a normal human instinct. There are literally only two basic human instincts. That's self-preservation and to procreate. And really procreating is self-preservation at its core. We have a natural urge to procreate because it preserves our species. We have all of those reasons. And then sometimes they may lie for more serious underlying reasons, such as covering up trauma and abuse. If they are experiencing anxiety or depression, if they're suffering from low self-esteem or other mental health disorders, all of those things can also lead to lying. So now that we understand some of the reasons that they lie, we have to ask, what does it mean when they do so? Should we be concerned? I know that it can be very scary and very alarming when your kids lie especially if they're going through a phase where they may be lying a lot and this commonly happens. But lying in kids is actually very, very common and it's very developmentally normal. It is rarely a cause for concern unless we don't handle it properly. The tendency to lie really goes away on its own without any type of intervention as long as we're responding to their lying in a productive and intentional way. So in this episode, I'll be speaking from the perspective that assumes that the child is healthy mentally and is telling lies that are consistent with their level of development because this is the case for most kids. However, I do acknowledge that although it is rare, some lying may indicate that there is a deeper concern such as a mental health issue or a character flaw. Some warning signs that a child's lying may be a bigger problem and is not just developmentally typical behavior are frequently lying for no apparent reason, lying to manipulate or control others, lying much more than other children their age, continuing to lie even if they notice that it interferes with their relationships, if they have a pattern of lying that gets consistently worse, or if they experience any other personality issues, 
because compulsive lying is sometimes a symptom of certain personality disorders. So we do want to watch out for things like intense rage, lack of concern or complete disregard for other people's feelings, or if they have extreme mood swings frequently, and those things are also coupled with lying. Honestly, even when a child shows these symptoms, lying may still be developmentally normal. It is just very rarely an indicator of a real problem when it happens in kids. However, if you are truly concerned about your child's lying, I would definitely suggest that you seek help from a black therapist or pediatrician. Um, just because an expert who has experience working with children can really help you to understand whether the lying is age appropriate or if it's indicative of a potential problem. So with that being said, just know that it is very common and it's very developmentally appropriate for toddlers and children to lie. They are likely to tell their first lies between two and four. It's actually sometimes kind of funny for toddlers specifically because at that age, they usually lie about things that you can so easily see are not true. Their lies are very short-sighted. They don't make very much logical sense. They can be easily disproved. They're just very unsophisticated. As they get older and continue to develop cognitively and psychologically, their lies will begin to become more intricate and believable. I remember reading an article where a mom called out to her four-year-old and she asked if he was finished picking up his toys and if he was ready to play outside and he said yes only for her to find him in the backyard playing later and all of his toys still all over the floor so she was frustrated and worried because of course lying in kids is pretty alarming our minds automatically worry about their level of integrity if they'll have good character and good morals. We question if they're a good person and wonder if this means that they'll end up being some type of criminal or deviant. And honestly, I can definitely understand those concerns. But please be reassured that lying is actually connected to intelligence because it reflects an important milestone in their cognitive development. When children start lying about things, it lets you know that they're starting to understand that other people have different beliefs and different ideas than they do. These first successful lies that they tell, and we measure success by whether or not they were believed for any period of time. Those lies are considered a developmental achievement because they indicate that the child has discovered that their mind and their thinking is completely separate from their parents and from other people. Before the age of four, most children have a very simplistic idea about how our minds work. They think that everyone shares the same beliefs and everyone has the same ideas and they think that our beliefs are just direct reflections of what's objectively happening in the world, there is absolutely no nuance in their minds. So younger children expect their parents to know things. They expect us to know whether they've cleaned up or not, if they're dressed or not, if they've actually used the bathroom or not, regardless of who was watching when these things happened or didn't happen. This is why before the age three or four, they don't even bother trying to lie. They will never try to deceive you at this age because they haven't even quite figured out yet 
that what's in their mind isn't also automatically in ours. For all they know, at that age, adults, especially their parents and caregivers, are psychics. So this is why the example about the toddler lying about picking up the toys was so significant. In that story, he was able to realize that his mom couldn't see him. And with his own reasoning, he figured that his mom would form a belief or come to a conclusion based on what he told her and not on reality. So then he tried to capitalize on that by trying to introduce a false belief, which was that he actually did clean up his toys because that served his goal of having more time to play outside without having to actually clean up first. This level of understanding of how people's minds work is really a product of a developmental process that is pretty long and sophisticated. In this situation, the boy wasn't intentionally trying to be sneaky or deceptive. He was just trying to get what he wanted as quickly as possible by any means necessary without having a complete understanding of honesty versus dishonesty. So how do we handle it when our kids lie? First, we need to know that children almost always lie for a reason. And identifying that reason is much more important than stigmatizing or punishing the lie. Punishing lies may even encourage children to lie more and to get better at it because now they're trying not to get caught. Beyond children's understanding of how the mind works, Many other things go into whether they choose to lie, including their understanding of morality, the development of their executive functioning and their executive reasoning skills, and the details about a particular situation. So even though their lies are bad in the beginning, these are the early signs that they've discovered something important about the way that our minds work. Being able to guess what someone else is thinking and knowing how to influence their beliefs are at the root of deception. But those things are also at the root of effective communication and social interaction. For example, one day I was rushing and frantically looking for my cell phone. I could not find it anywhere. And my oldest daughter looks and she says, mommy, if you're looking for your phone, Zara put it on the bookshelf. I didn't ask her. I didn't even mention what I was looking for. She figured out my intentions. She realized that she knew something that I didn't and that she was able to help. So the same skills that helped the toddler lie about cleaning up his toys also assisted my daughter in being helpful and contributing socially. This is why the way that we respond to their lies is critical. Because the way that we respond directly relates to their views of themselves and it directly relates to how they understand and interpret the importance of values and morals and integrity. So we should never be setting them up to lie. We should never ask them questions that we already know the answer to. So instead of saying, did you spill the milk? We should be saying, Oh, I see that you spilled the milk. What happened here? Do you need help cleaning it up? This shows them that you already know the truth and it prevents them from telling an easy lie by saying no. This is really important because the more they lie, the more they're likely to lie again until they understand what's socially acceptable and not acceptable as it relates to lying and being dishonest. 
So as parents, we want to minimize their opportunities to lie as often as possible. We should never put them in situations to test their honesty. This is unnecessarily asking for them to be deceptive and it puts a fake unhealthy pressure on them. Many kids, many people will lie to protect themselves from a negative consequence without even thinking about it. The problem is that the more they use lying to get out of trouble, the more likely they are to try it again because it's easy. Lying is extremely easy, but telling the truth is hard. So if we keep giving them opportunities to see how easy it is to lie, especially if they're able to get away with it, why would they ever work hard to tell the truth and accept the consequences of that? I had actually found some brain imaging experiments that were conducted over the years. And the results showed that our brains adapt to our dishonest behavior. So just as a quick note before we continue, there is a set of structures in our brain called the limbic system. And this system is involved in our behavioral and our emotional responses, especially those behaviors that are needed for survival, such as our fight or flight response. Remember that fight or flight is just the way that our nervous system reacts to dangers or threats. Getting in trouble for something is a threat for kids, so lying could be their fight response. The problem is that dishonesty can put the brain in a heightened sense of alert, as we discussed earlier, and this stress increases with the magnitude of each lie. So let's talk for a minute about why this is important as it relates to our brain and our physiological responses. So lying is an inherently stressful thing to do. Even if we're not consciously aware of it, when we lie and when we're deceptive, our respiratory and our heart rates increase, we start to sweat, our mouths get dry, our voices get shaky, and we experience lots of anxiety. A lot of these physiological responses are the basis of what's being measured on a polygraph or a lie detector test. Okay, so I got off track, but let's get back to the study. So participants in the study showed reduced activity in their limbic system as they told more lies. This supports the idea that each lie makes lying easier. It was found that as people told more and more lies, their bodies stopped reacting the same to the lying as it did in the beginning. So this suggests that if people continue to lie, not only does it become easier, but it's more likely for them to continue to do so because now it doesn't even cause the physiological reaction in their body. They're really no longer even having a response to it. So the moral of the story is don't put them in situations where lying is easy just to see what they'll do. Never accuse them of lying if you're not absolutely sure. This just leaves room for you to be wrong. Now they feel that you don't trust them and it can damage your bond. If they're lying, it will come to light and they'll have to deal with the consequences even if those consequences aren't imposed by you. Think about how you'd feel if you were being completely honest but someone was insinuating or even flat out accusing you of lying. That is so frustrating and so infuriating. Also, never ever call them a liar even if they have lied or admitted to lying. We have to reassure them that lying is something they did. It's not who they are. 
we have to remind them of this and we have to keep this idea at the forefront of our own minds as we approach the various situations that we'll have to deal with. Honesty is a behavior whose value needs to be taught and it needs to be reinforced often and lying needs to be corrected, not punished, the same as we would correct any other misbehavior. Make sure that you're looking for the root cause But please don't start thinking that your child is going to end up being a criminal mastermind because they told some lies. They're not a liar. They told a lie. There's a difference. And never punish them for lying. Deal with what they lied about, but talk about the lie and have conversations around that. If you're not sure how to separate the two, think about how you would handle what they think about how you would handle what they did if the lie was removed. What if you saw them do it or what if they owned up to it before the opportunity to lie was even there? What consequences would they have then? Those are the same consequences that they should have whether they lie or not. Then you address the lying separately. For example, if they lie about watching something on TV that they aren't allowed to watch, there's a consequence for watching the wrong show. Maybe they don't have any more screen time. But the punishment is not for lying. That's a separate conversation. We can't beat or punish kids out of lying, but we can definitely beat or punish them into it. And we can help them get better at it so they don't get caught next time. We give logical consequences for misbehavior and then the lying will usually organically lead to a natural consequence. For example, let's say your kids were outside playing and they went down the street when they weren't supposed to leave the yard. There's going to be a logical consequence for the misbehavior. So since you can't stay where you're supposed to stay, now you have to come in the house. But then there's also going to be a natural consequence for lying. So now I can't trust you to go outside without me watching you because I don't know if you're going to stay in the yard or not. So now that lie has led to a consequence and it's up to us to make the connection for them. Let's say your daughter was supposed to be going to study with her best friend, but she drove to see her boyfriend instead. There's going to be a logical consequence for the behavior. So maybe she's on punishment because she took the car and she went somewhere that she wasn't supposed to go. So now you're no longer able to drive the car. But then there's also going to be a natural consequence. So even when you're off punishment, I may be less inclined to let you borrow the car because now I can't trust you. Now, I don't know if you're actually going where you said you were going. Make that connection. That's how they learn. So perhaps the most important thing that we need to discuss of all is how can we prevent lying in the first place? Well, first, I have to say we can never 100% prevent lying. Lying is going to occur as long as we are humans and as long as we breathe air and drink water, we will lie. However, we can start by teaching our kids the value of integrity from day one. Don't wait until something happens or until they do something wrong to explain to them that they need to have integrity. Teach them what it means from the beginning. Explain to them that integrity is that thing that's inside of you that makes you do the right thing even when no one is watching. Teach them how valuable it is to have integrity and the consequences and how hard life is when people don't trust you. So that's number one. Also, teach them that telling the truth reduces consequences. 
but you can't teach them if you're not willing to follow up with that. So with my children, whatever consequence that they would get for doing something wrong will be a little bit less severe than if they did the same thing, but also lied to me about it. So because you told me the truth, I respect your honesty. I respect the level of integrity that you just displayed. So your consequence won't be as harsh. So that teaches them that although telling the truth is hard, and although there will be a consequence for whatever you did, when you tell the truth, it's more respectable and the consequences will be less severe. As they get older, then it is also important for you to make sure that they understand that the real world doesn't operate that way. Whether you tell the truth or not, if you do something wrong, then most likely there will be consequences for it. Another way that we can help prevent our children from developing a habit of lying is by providing truth checks or using truth checks. So this is telling them something like, I am going to walk away. I'll give you 10 minutes to process. And then I'm going to come back and ask you again. If you change your mind, if you want to give me a different answer, this is just a truth check and you will not get in trouble for lying initially. Sometimes kids lie impulsively. Remember, we talked about that earlier. And so if you give them the truth check and give them the opportunity to kind of go back and reflect, then they are more likely to go ahead and come forward with the truth, especially if they can tell that you mean what you say and you're not going to be upset or hold it against them that they lied the first time. Another thing that we can do is give them reminders and reassurance before they speak. So we can set them up to tell the truth by reminding them that we don't expect them to be perfect. We can let them know that we're going to ask them a question and maybe the answer is going to be something that I don't really want to hear. Maybe the answer is going to be something that you feel will get you in trouble. But just remember that your behavior is not who you are. I love you no matter what. And sometimes people make mistakes. So I want you to think about giving me an honest answer and then go ahead and speak. So that's like kind of giving them a preamble, giving them kind of an introductory, kind of giving them an introduction into the conversation by leading with the fact that the truth is welcome and the lies aren't necessary. Lastly, I would say give kids with ADHD or kids that are just otherwise impulsive, more time to think. And this kind of goes with the last couple. Just make sure that you're aware that kids with ADHD are just more impulsive generally. And so that same translates to their speech and it translates to them responding to things without taking think time. So don't immediately take what they say as a lie, but just take it as an impulsive response and make sure that you use some of the earlier strategies that I just mentioned to give them a little bit of time and then come back to what you guys are discussing. It's important that our kids know that lying is bad, but they are not. They need to understand how lies destroy relationships through the destruction of trust they need to understand what this looks like. You need to talk to them about the consequences for breaking trust in ways that they understand. Talk to them about the natural consequences that happen as a result of lying. 
and use that to your advantage when possible. Not in a vindictive way, but in a deliberate, intentional way of teaching and correcting. Remind them of what happens when they lie and how trust is broken so easily, but it's so difficult and it takes so long to build. They need to know those things. Most importantly, honesty needs to be incorporated into the family values. They shouldn't be seeing us lie, and we certainly shouldn't be telling them to lie. I am side-eyeing all the parents that tell their kids to lie about their age, or the ones that let your kids overhear you lying about their age. Remember, they will do what we do, not what we say, unless the two are aligned. Okay, today's show is a wrap. Please make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so that you receive alerts when new episodes drop. And please leave us a five-star review. Remember that you can now send topic requests or listener questions via email to kids at dosesofmelanin.com. Lastly, please make sure that you've joined the Kids Are People to Parenting group on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at KAPT Podcast. As you go throughout the remainder of this week and into the next, remember that our kids need us to remain calm, rational, solution-oriented, and future-focused as we deal with them. We have to ensure that we are addressing any misbehavior in the most effective way possible and that we're not projecting our own thoughts and fears onto them as we respond to their behavior. As you continue on your positive parenting journey, give yourself grace, and most importantly, give your kids grace and the space to learn and grow. We'll talk next week. Later.